The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Welcome to episode two, how to address reflux holistically. In the last episode, we talked about the impacts of low or stopped acid production and why acid isn't the cause of reflux. I gave you the rundown on how reflux happens And as a recap, it occurs from a mixture of pH, pressure, sphincter, and other imbalances like lifestyle, diet, rushed eating. I would highly recommend listening if you haven't yet, episode one. I think if you did, I sparked your interest and now you're probably questioning how to address reflux, right? So that's what I'll talk about today, how to address reflux holistically. I'm going to cover how to regulate the nervous system, eating rituals I recommend to all my clients, and things details about pressure and pH. I'll keep it simple for today, and of course, there are many other things to consider, but we're just going to start with the basics of reflux. And we can't just jump to diet and supplements without addressing the mother of our body, which is the brain. Nervous system regulation is one of the most critical steps in healing any condition. Most of us are stuck in survival mode, in a sympathetic state. Our bodies are focused on survival and definitely not digestion. We get up for work, shocked by our alarm. We rush for breakfast or maybe not even eat at all. And we're on our way to the stressful world outside. All in between, during mealtimes, if we ever make the time to eat during the day, We certainly don't get into rest and digest mode, which is primarily controlled by the vagus nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system. So I mentioned sympathetic, which is that fight or flight state. Now we're talking about parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. And I will probably talk about the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system in a whole other episode, but for now, let's just talk about the basics. So the vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve of the body. It runs all the way from the brainstem through the heart, lungs, spleen, and every organ of the digestive system. It controls secretions, stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes, and it controls peristalsis, motility, any kind of motion of the digestive tract. And we need to stimulate it to get out of this fight or flight mode. And to keep it very simple, there are some things you can do throughout the day or before meals. So before meals, you can do very simple breath work, like taking a few deep belly breaths before meals. I love box breathing or the 478 technique. That's inhaling for four through the nose, holding seven seconds, and exhaling through the mouth eight, mouth eight seconds. Or of course, you can do box breathing, the 444. And these are just simple things to do before mealtime. Morning and night, you can gag and gargle, hum, sing, chant. These are all ways to regulate the nervous system. If you notice, it has a lot to do with the throat. You can also do ear and neck massages just to do a vagus nerve massage. All of these very simple techniques help to regulate the digestive system. 
We just talked about breath work. That's one of the things I recommend is my eating rituals. And there are some other things I also recommend to my clients right before mealtime. I recommend chewing. First of all, that is one of the most important things. If you're not chewing properly, you're not activating your salivary enzymes and you're not breaking down the food properly, you're just making it harder on your digestive system. So chewing 20 to 30 times, that will help a lot. It will reduce the pressure. It'll make digestion a lot easier. Also focus on the food. Avoid distracted eating, watching TV, walking, running back and forth, checking your phone. Try to focus on the food as much as you can. Chew, chew, chew. Activate those enzymes. It'll help reduce the load on the stomach, which will also reduce pressure. And it also helps to reduce gas, bloating, and obviously reflux and indigestion. I also don't recommend drinking with meals, not even water. Water or any type of liquid, if you keep downing the liquids while you're eating, you're going to increase the pressure in the stomach and you're also going to dilute your secretions like stomach acid, for example. So two strikes towards reflux there. We're increasing pressure and we're diluting our secretions. So chew properly, don't drink with meals, and focus on the food. And the breath work too. Those are some great things to ease digestion and reduce reflux in general. More about pressure. That's the next thing we're going to talk about is pressure, abdominal pressure. So anything to contribute to abdominal pressure like obesity, centralized weight, fatty liver, those types of things, not chewing properly, of course, drinking with meals, anything to contribute to pressure will contribute to reflux. So anything that increases pressure needs to be reduced as much as possible. So if you're overweight or obese, obviously reducing the pressure on the abdomen is very important in that case. Addressing fatty liver, taking care of the liver, supporting it with liver supplements, lifestyle, reducing toxicity. And of course, don't forget the not drinking with meals and chewing properly. That will help also reduce the pressure. So we talked about the nervous system, breath work, and pressure. Now we're going to talk about the sphincters. The sphincters are also controlled by pressure, the nervous system, and pH. But we're going to keep it very simple today. The lower esophageal sphincter and the pyloric sphincter, so the LES, the lower esophageal, is the one in the esophagus that connects to the stomach, and the pyloric sphincter is the one at the bottom of the stomach that connects to the small intestine. Okay, so those are both very critical. The top one helps to reduce reflux. When there's food in the stomach, it should close to not allow anything to back up into the throat. Whereas the lower one does not open until food is properly churned and broken down enough for the small intestine. Both sphincters are activated by specific pressure and pH, and of course the nervous system too. The pH of the stomach needs to be severely acidic. Otherwise food will sit there, the sphincters will get stuck, and the food will just putrefy in the stomach until finally the stomach says, fine, just get out of here. Even though it's not properly broken down, didn't really absorb much from it, 
And now the small intestine has to work even harder with its enzymes, if you even have enough enzymes at that. And then when it gets to the colon, it'll putrefy even more and cause more gas because the bacteria are fermenting it excessively. There's more volume of food to start feeding on for the organisms. So just by the stomach not being acidic enough, you have sphincter imbalances, you have pressure imbalances, you have a risk for SIBO and dysbiosis, gas bloating, all sorts of things. Okay, but back to the sphincters. It's all very overwhelming, I know. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a lot of information, but the sphincters are basically controlled by pressure and pH. So next, we'll talk about pH. We talked about the brain, eating rituals, pressure, and sphincters. Now we got to talk about the pH. We need to have strong and plenty of stomach acid. Two liters or more per day is what the stomach is supposed to produce. If not, we're at risk for impaired digestion, absorption, overgrowth, and on and on and on. And most people do have low stomach acid, even those with reflux. Yes, I know. I address stomach acid in everyone. It's one of the first things I address other than the nervous system and the environment. The stomach acid is a huge part of the work I do because it's so game-changing for so many people. But before we address the stomach acid, we also have to address the nervous system and our eating habits. Then we can try supplements to potentially increase acid production. But we got to remember the basics, all the things that are controlling the acid production, all the things that we've been talking about in this podcast. So once we address those things, now we can look at supplements. My favorite supplements to increase stomach acid are HCL and bitters. I do like apple cider vinegar, which is basically a type of bitter, but I always recommend capsules because most people with reflux have an already irritated esophagus. Esophagitis is very prominent. So I usually recommend capsules or gummies just so we don't irritate the throat anymore. And we also want to make sure the acid is kept in the stomach where it's supposed to be, not in the esophagus two different types of tissues. One can handle acid, one cannot. So capsules or gummies are always my recommendation over liquid. Back to HCL and bitters. HCL is hydrochloric acid. It helps a lot of people with reflux, IBS, candida, you name it. It helped me and it was one of the only major supplements that was a game changer in my life and in my digestive health. I use it a lot less now because I've regulated my system and I secrete more acid. Not enough still, but more than before. It's definitely possible, especially with all the hacks I've recommended, like chewing, not drinking, breathing, etc. So I don't use it as much, but I still use it, use it occasionally on holidays or at restaurants. And it's good to know that HCL is meant to replicate or replace our stomach acid while bitters help to stimulate our own stomach acid. So whichever goal you have, you can choose which one works for you. So we talked about HCL, now bitters. Bitters are a class of herbs or foods that create a bitter sensation in your mouth. 
Therefore, they will stimulate salivary enzymes, stomach acid, and even bile enzymes. There's Swedish bitters, gentian bitters, which are diverse combination formulas of various bitter herbs. Or you can just start with one type, like citrus, artichoke, dandelion. But be careful with bitters and especially HCL if you have gastritis or ulcers. You definitely need to heal the lining before you start increasing stomach acid. So keep that in mind. Okay, that was a lot. We covered the nervous system's impact on digestion. We covered my recommended eating rituals to reduce reflux. And we also covered how abdominal pressure contributes to reflux. And we also talked about sphincters and pH. So all those things are factors in reflux. There are also other things like H. pylori, which is a bacteria that most people are infected with. Some people have symptoms, some don't, but this H. pylori buries into the stomach wall and it starts to break down the mucosal barrier and it can also create an alkaline cloud in the stomach. So it can change the pH. And as we've discussed, pH is very critical in whether or not you get reflux. So H. pylori, there's also microbiome imbalance, which can, depending on what kind of pathogens or even overgrowth that you have, can cause gas, which can cause pressure. There's constipation, which can cause pressure. Uh, specific strains like disulfovibrio, those are a sulfur-producing bacteria. Those are also linked to reflux. There's mold too. Mold is a huge contributor to a lot of my LPR clients. LPR is the silent reflux, which has more of a mucus, throat clearing, immune component to it. And you don't always know that you have reflux going on. And there's also SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I'll probably have a whole other podcast on this topic as well. But the pressure and gas from SIBO can also press on the stomach and cause reflux. So that was a lot, you guys. I hope that helped. As a recap, we covered how to address reflux holistically by regulating the nervous system, incorporating eating rituals, addressing abdominal pressure, addressing sphincter balance, and also pH. How to address reflux holistically. Thank you so much for tuning in and please support my new podcast, share it, follow me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist. I would love to connect with you guys, so please keep listening, <laughs> keep supporting, and I hope you have a wonderful, happy, and healthy day. Hey there. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at gutexpertriley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com, where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.